This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Are you ready to be fucked, man? Providing insight. It kind of sounds like some kind of howler monkey. Commentary. It's a vaginal lead-up. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. Here we are. Hello, Adam. Hello, Bradley. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, I did not listen to any Ace of Spades or Ace of Base or Sticks beforehand. So I'm hoping I'm going to be able to to get through here. Call it off, man. Let's call the whole thing off. No, I think I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Do you want to... I got a little internal mojo left. I'm giving my last ounce of it to you, baby. (laughs) You don't want to let the listener down brad so if you're not on your a game i don't think you know we probably should just stop all right but nice talking so nice talking to you and uh yeah we just set a record i think if we had the cojones to actually call it that and just be done right there i'd be really impressed with us but we can't. You know why? We're too scared. We're too scared, Brad. I've got the fear. <laughs> yeah. Is that, uh, what's her name? I've been taken over by the fear. No. You don't know that. You have no I idea don't. what I'm talking about. It's a, um, she's pretty good. It's, uh, the fear song. Let's see. That's how I search. Lily Allen's her name. Oh, Lily Allen. Okay, I know that song now that you mentioned it. Yeah. The Fear, yep. Pretty good. Pretty good It's all stuff. right. Big fan of her first album. Like Foreigner? She, uh... First album's pretty good, right? Yeah, exactly. She sampled all those syncopated beats. I don't have any idea. What do you mean syncopated beats? I don't know. It seemed to be a lot of weird little syncopations going on. Like, was it feisty? Like feisty? Like, uh, you know, old, uh, old ska tunes or something. I've never heard a ska song in my life, so. Yeah, neither have I, really. But it's what I've You know read. what? You know what? Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me, sir, to get into something here. Because <laughs> I've got some pictures. I can't imagine what pictures those would be, to well, be honest. They might involve streamers. You know, I'm sure that sure. sir, okay, that picture that has nothing to do with ska, mind you. Doesn't it? No, no. Oh. That was a strange performance <laughs> art rock show I once put on at a fire hall in rural Pennsylvania in to the amazement streamers. and disgust of onlookers. But uh there was no ska involved in that. I'm going to do you the honor of not describing it any further. All right, thank you. <laughs> but maybe by... Because this is episode 50. Oh, shoot. Special occasion, we should mention it. It is a special occasion. Not bad. That's uh, four bits, you know? Is that Pretty like... Fucking good. 50, is that the gold, golden anniversary? 
Do I have that right? I don't know. I can't keep track well, of these this, things. This package I'm holding in my hands, addressed from you, that has a little gold ring with my and your names etched on it, would indicate that it is the gold anniversary. Thank you. You're welcome. It was very nice of you, man. I don't. I'm a bad friend. I don't do shit like that for you, do I? Did you do yeah. that yourself with a Dremel tool? Or did you have somebody do it? No, I just had someone to do it. I don't do shit oh, myself, right. man. No, right. I just had my assistant call out to the jeweler. <laughs> I was just like, hey, the it's jeweler. the 50th episode. Do something nice. That was it. That's all the extent of what I did. Which is why you sounded confused, because you had no idea. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> I, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Sometimes I forget how big time you are. Never again. Never again. Uh, here's a revisit. Ready? Ready. So we're going to talk about Lebowski. Excellent. Go. No, actually not. I don't oh. think so. Because it, it says, bit quite almost. <laughs> <laughs> bit quite almost. Almost. Bit quite almost. Bit quite almost. All right, good. I think good. I can translate that actually. And I think what it means is not quite almost. That's what I think that means. That was a text that you sent me, another one of your slippery communications. Slippery. Well, the thing was, I didn't even realize. I noticed it said almost, and I was like, yeah, I just sent it anyway. It's like, I'm not going to bother correcting that. Right, I didn't even I do notice the bit part. Yeah, bit quite almost. Sometimes they hit me, and it's like, I know he's trying to communicate with me. <laughs> but I gotta, I really gotta put the screws to it. Figure it out. That one wasn't too bad. Not too bad, but you know, I like to give this again, another way that my friendship is in service to you. <laughs> I'm trying to give you those mental workouts. Keep you limber. I'm on a strict drug regimen. I don't need your help. The other revisit I had, I don't even know what it, good men and thorough, but. Yeah, she says whatever. good man and thorough. He's she a good man. That. A good man, not good men, right? Right. He's a good man and, and thorough. thorough. Which was actually the title of episode 49, our previous episode, even though right. we neglected to talk about it at all. At all. So I think that's why it's a revisit, because there's a, you know, a, one of the, I would call it like a. It's somewhere in the level of like Lebowski quotes. It's not in the A level. It might you might have to be in the C level, like you're really you've you've achieved like third level mastery of Lebowski quotes to be pulling that one out, possibly. Mm. But it's in it's somewhere in the in the catalog. Yeah, it's yeah, no, you're right. It's a little bit down there, I guess. That did not occur to me. You need to be fluent in Lebowski's. <laughs> huh. No, you're right. I would see if you would have just hit me with it, I would have said that's right there with all of them, but sometimes you start uh living in the in the bubble. And you can't remember what's what, but no, you're right. That's a that's a lower tier quote, I guess. But what um what's his name? Uh, dudeism. The uh, the dudeism fella. Yes, that's how he described us on Facebook. Right, 
That's exactly That we are right. good men in Thera. They appear to be good. He doesn't actually know us. Right. So he's not. It was a snap judgment on his part. Well, that, I think that's why he qualified it with they appear to be good men in Thera. I would say the good part may be up to debate, but the fact that we're doing a minute-by-minute minute breakdown of Lebowski. We're Thera, no doubt. I think on some level, it's hard, it, it becomes increasingly hard to argue that we are not Thera. Except we for those Thera. occasional episodes where we only spend 10 minutes actually talking about the movie. Those are so few and far between, though. You know? We do dedicate most of our time to the movie. We don't talk about, you know, Fourth of July worm snakes careening off of the surface of the exploding sun or anything like that. No, we never talk about uh, art rock quintets. No, or aquatic monkey boys. Never. We don't do that shit. We... Stay on target. Stay on target. <clears throat> hey, Adam. Adam. It's me. Can oh, I come in? Jesus. Is that Camilo? Is that Cuomo? <laughs> Again. Hey, Adam. What's going on, man? Are you talking to somebody? You know who I'm talking to, dude. <sighs> who are you doing? talking to? Is you that Brad? Know, you know who I'm talking to. Is that Brad? Yeah, it's me. Hey, Cam. Hey, How's man. it going? It's going great, dude. Oh, really? You're on a Cam basis? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's fucked up, man. I told him he could call me that. <laughs> How you doing, Camilo? I'm good. Are you guys doing that Lebowski thing again? You don't be coy. You know exactly what we're doing. Wow. Of course we are. Wow. It's the but only never... thing we know I've how seen to that do. Movie. You've I've never seen... seen it. So. I've seen it. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. What are you talking about tonight? What do you like about it, man? Uh, it's different every time you watch. How so? You see stuff you didn't see before. You figure out stuff you didn't figure out before. Hmm. I want to know more. It's also really great to look at. I mean, I think as far as the Coen brothers, it's one of their most fun movies visually. So you act, now let me ask you a question. Serious well, these are question. all amateur opinions offered in the face of the, you know, two museum curators here. Of course, of course. You know, serious question though. Creating this Hall of Fame insight. But anyway, did, did you like this the first time you saw it? No. It was the it, it was the movie that followed Fargo, and Fargo is one of the all-time greats and I just didn't laugh that much the first time, although it had one of the most memorable comedy scenes, I think, in, in film history, and I'll never forget it. And uh, it's later in the movie. I don't know if you guys have made it that far yet. Well, I've, so I don't want to spoil it for the people that, you know, I'm sure listening to podcast at whatever minute you're in, <laughs> 293 or whatever, <laughs> they probably don't know what happens with Steve Buscemi, but uh, I don't want to be a spoiler here in, in this minute. Well, I think we've already talked about that. You wouldn't know. You don't actually listen to the podcast, so that's fine. I've heard some of them, but, uh, but I don't... Uh, yeah, I've heard some of them. I there's, there's nobody that's heard all of them. I mean, even you guys haven't heard all of them. I don't listen You're to in them. shit. It's terrible. Yeah, I right. definitely have not heard all of them. I've only heard about half of one. 
Right. right. I, if I actually listened to it, I wouldn't be able to go on. <laughs> How could you do it anymore? There's a ringing endorsement of a show. Fuck it. If I had to listen to me, I wouldn't listen. No, it's terrible. I wouldn't want to be a member of that club. Right. Yeah, you followed us here. When did you start following? No! Oh, fuck! In the limo, you son of a bitch. No hey, argument. Hey, hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here, huh? Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where's my goddamn money, you bum? Well, well we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is fucked here. Nothing is fucked? No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! No, man, come on. Uh, who are you going to believe? Those guys are... We dropped off the damn money. We? I. The royal we. You know, the editorial, I dropped off the money exactly as per... Look, man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light. So what, what is was, the... So wait, well, what, so yeah, I what is get the comedic the, scene you're referring to? I'm right, really with curious Stevie, here. With Stevie B, what's this comedic scene? The dumping of the ashes. Ah, uh, yes. When I okay. saw that in a theater, that was as hard as I've laughed ever. So you weren't, you weren't really laughing throughout, and then it yeah. got to that point, and it was like, okay, yeah, you, you got me. It was right. one long build-up, is yeah. what it was. Well, that was good. But then <laughs> Sam Elliott came back in, and you just start looking at each other. What the hell? I like it. In fact, I think Sam Elliott was... And Brad, we've talked about this a little bit, but you, you referred to that as a confounding element to this movie. Yes. Really. But he yes. was the part that really made me realize, okay, there's more to this than I'm giving it credit for, even on first viewing. That was the thing that was like, okay. Yeah, but on repeated viewings, does he make any sense? No, he gets he gets less and less interesting with right. repeated viewings. You're like, like get him out of here. Right. But on the first viewing, that was the thing that really hooked me, I think. Well, I think it shows you, like, okay, it's not just a movie about a guy that smokes pot and bowls. Right. There's this weird uh, cowboy guy shows up, so there must be something here to analyze or to think about what's the metaphor, the meaning, what are they trying to say? Even Which is though nothing, but it ultimately is nothing. But they made a good show of it. Exactly. At least. Well, you got the sense that that was going to tie into the story, and ultimately it doesn't. He's just right. a guy sitting at the bar yapping. And he's not even drinking a beer, goddammit. What's that Sarsaparilla? Oh. Sioux City. Some of that Yeah, that's a good shit. one. That's a good one. It's not good one. What are you, a dude, Brad? I am a dude. That's how dudes say it. You're Mr. F You're just pretty fancy, aren't you? So I've got a, um, a visual slash reflective surface note. And it's right at the be very beginning of this minute. It's like 4903. The limo driver comes and grabs the dude by the neck and, like, forces him across the street. He's got his white Russian in his hand. Meanwhile, where did this limo driver come from? How did he just sneak up on him? 
Like he's around somewhere. It's a pretty wide open space. Yeah, he's pointing out to the dude that the Volkswagen's back there. Right, they're looking yeah. around. And, but, they're uh, looking... but he doesn't say, oh, by the way, there's also a limo with a huge white guy coming right at you. Right. Well, they both look at the limo, though, right? But or wait, the, but... the VW. That's the, that's the distraction. I knew you were going to say that that's the distraction for us, though. I'm talking practically in this world. I'm saying in this world, you see... Both Dom Herrera and the dude look back pointedly, and the dude is still oh, looking back Dom toward Herrera. it. So where, when the guy grabs his neck, where was the guy that grabs? Where was he though? Literally, because they just pulled up into this spot. Was he? Did he hop over a fence in the yard over there? Well, like that's, a good, that's a good. That's a good point. That's a good point because he pushes the dude forward to the limo. Yes, so he came around the front of the car. Well, he's where was he doing some type of? He was hanging from the power lines. Ninja stealth move. <laughs> like he saw them look at the VWs. Like that's my take. That's my in. And he circled around his black limo. The dude looks like meatloaf. He's not doing any ninja anything. Maybe he just wants you to think he's like meatloaf. <laughs> I don't know if that occurred to him, dude. He came from behind. Well, he came from behind the dude, but he came around the front of the car, which has just pulled up into this spot. That's, that wouldn't be behind. Behind what? Comes up from behind the car and behind the dude. Now the dude's the, the looking dude's back. The dude's just gotten out of the back seat. And now and he, he's moved up to the driver's side. And he moved up to the driver's side. So he's and then facing they turn the front. Back. Well, no, they turn back to look at the VW that's come up behind them. Who's your friend in the VW? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're turning back, you know? So this guy just magically appears out of nowhere from around the front of the car. I mean, it works filmically. It's fine, right, as a convention. It's the thing you... It's like so many things we've uncovered. Watching the movie, you never even stop to think about it. No, you wouldn't bother. But if you, you know, had the bird's eye view straight from above and you were trying to, like, look at this, it, there'd be physical impossibilities. And if this was a Stanley Kubrick film, there would be 800-page essays about the innovative use of space <laughs> and its meaning. The but really, it's just a movie. Meant to entertain, I suppose. So what? So if we're gonna go along this line of reasoning, okay. like what's the reality of this scene? So what does Dom Herrera do? He's like, oh, this guy just got like manhandled and shoved into the right. back of a car. Kidnapped. Oh well, he got kidnapped. Drives off. Like, well, it's not my job. My work here is done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, Quit he just time. he's he's like the Thurston equivalent again. He just he no longer. What do you mean, Dom Herrera? There is no Dom Herrera as soon as that door closes when the dude gets in the other limo. So the street, street of limos. Right. The limo is street right. in this part of L.A. So, okay, I might have an answer to this, though. Because the other question that I was thinking about, and I believe you were too, Adam, is what happens to the, to the uh, we'll call him the meatloaf limo driver. Yeah. 
What happens to him then? He just stands outside. He just stands. Well, he's dealing with Dom Herrera. He's like, listen, buddy, none of your business. This guy, blah, blah, blah. A million dollars. You take off. When you tell Maud, who knows what he's doing, right? And then you got the private dick down there. Now, Camilo might be able to tell us something about this, but I don't want to. Maybe well, that's, that does not re- that that did not reflect well on the private investigator industry. Let me just say right there. I mean, don't crappy. be modest. How do you know so much about this? Just be upfront with us. I'm in the business myself. Yeah, I, you know, exactly. I won't kid you here. I'm a private investigator, and I'm proud of it. You're a brother, we, Seamus, aren't you? We do we do a lot of important work for people, <laughs> and we don't drive around in crappy ass Volkswagens that are so noticeable that you know, anytime you pull on a block, especially a block with a lot of limos. That, uh, you know, you kind of stand out. Kind of stands out a little bit, doesn't it? Right. Now, this was the early 90s, back around our, you know, time of our conflict. I know, but that that car was still old at that time and was still a standout. And and you don't don't get caught unless you want to get caught. And uh, generally, you don't want to get caught. So what would you drive, like a a Corolla or something? Dark-colored sedan, nothing noticeable. Nothing memorable. Is a Corolla a sedan? Sure. Okay. So dark. Why it's got to be something a little more comfortable than a Corolla, you know, Lexus, something like that. Dark, but not too dark. Right. Just not jet black. Yeah, you don't want black because that draws attention to. That's the law. So you know, little blue thing. Not nice four door generic doesn't attract anybody's attention. Now, when you say the law. You mean like that would be a cop if it's jet black? Is that what you cop mean? Cop or a fed, really. Ah. Why do they always have black vehicles? Uh, it's menacing? It's for fear? Is it a scare tactic? Yeah, official, right? Hmm. It's like it, it bespeaks the authority. Right. That's right. Hmm. Come the men in the black cars. Stand down. Hmm. So anyway, you want to be inconspicuous, obviously. And, uh, you know, that guy's blowing that right out of the water in two well, seconds. Isn't he from, uh, is he from North Dakota or wherever? Where Fawn Knutson's from? Or did they hire him? Is he? Do you think he's a local, an L.A. local? Like, is he, maybe if he's traveled from the Midwest, that would explain his outlandish methods i always assumed he had traveled from the midwest but now that you ask the question i don't know that i have any evidence to actually corroborate that like it could have just been an assumption that i made i don't know we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to pay attention as we progress through this movie because that would explain like why he stands out so bad right maybe in uh you know minnesota or south dakota or wherever the fuck like this car doesn't draw too much attention to itself maybe this this does help you blend in perhaps la mean streets of la not well, so should, much you should know better you should just rent a crappy ass midsize car and you know but he, he was probably on the trail of fawn knutson and like tracked her across the country town by town picking up clues here and there that's what I'm going to choose to believe. That makes sense. You know, and then here he is, fish out of water, kind of. 
There could be a whole spin-off movie just on on what's his name here. Do we know his name? Yes. Yes, we do. Not that I know it right now and can recall it, but he definitely, I'm pretty sure he has a name. Well, that's what I'm asking. Do we, not the royal we, not the editorial we, do we right now know his name? I don't. No. I don't either. Oh, come on. This could be a uh, question on our... Dafino. Dafino, Brad. That's embarrassing. That's a big time fail right there. Shit. Dafino, of course. I wanted to say that I saw some incriminating reflections when the dude is shoved into the car and Meatloaf opens the door. And even just the... um. The dolly shot as they come over to the car. There's some weird reflections, but I came to the conclusion that they're just palm trees. And then even when he opens it, it's like there's some shapes you can see in the door, but... I mean, it is ripe with reflections there. It's ripe for the plucking, but there's nothing there. It's just just too much. I think there's just... And there's just so much happening, and it's moving so quickly, you can't really... Get a fix. And I think they're kind of far away here, too. They're like, well, not too far away. Boy, that is surprising. I just think the door doesn't open quite enough. But if you go to 4910 and you look at the bumper of this Lincoln limo, shouldn't that be shiny? And it's not. You can see how the top right corner of it's shiny. And it's almost like they put clay or something on it. So it wouldn't reflect, and you wouldn't see the giant dolly and camera setup and fifty-eight people. You see what I'm talking about here? You're looking I at see. the front of the car. I know. Yeah, I think they put like uh, there's some, gray tape over it. Yeah, this it's a whatever matting effect it is, but they wanted to mattify that so you couldn't see any reflections. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I don't think. I think they put something there. Because you can see the top of the bumper. It's shiny and reflective. I once saw a Cadillac completely covered in tile. (laughs) In Spring Green, Wisconsin. (laughs) Bathroom tile? Linoleum tile? What kind of tile? Ceramic tile. Kind of like you'd find in a bathroom, yeah. Did you say Spring Green? I believe that was the name of the town, yeah. I don't know where to start with this, man. There's, there's, <laughs> there's nowhere to start with that. It's just what it is. Uh, Did they have glass for windows, or was the tile over the windows, too? No, there was not tile over the windows. I believe you could actually drive the car, but the problem was this tile added like so many tons Right. Of weight to it that they had like to do special modifications to make the car actually not just collapse into itself. <laughs> Reinforced chassis and bigger engine, no doubt. I have one question. I'm who listening. Is, who is driving? 
Uh, no one was driving when I saw it. It was just it was just kind of there terrifying. on display. Oh, it wasn't moving. Thank goodness. Yeah, I didn't like see it. Just Jesus, like, that would have like careening down the highway. I imagined you passed it like on Route 80 or something. No, like, going no. the other way, and there's no driver, and it's like a hurtling mass of like four tons of ceramic tile, like some sort of terrible quasi glass bomb flaming rabbit skull behind the wheel no nothing like that <laughs> okay good what a relief it was more like a biggest ball of twine in wisconsin type of a situation oh it's like here's a car covered in tile yeah come on You're come welcome. all marvel marvel <laughs> at the tile covered car it was pretty cool it was worth it it was worth driving uh you know <laughs> four thousand miles yeah <laughs> 872 miles to see it. What color was the dial? It was like a dark blue. Dark blue. Was it uniform or was it different colors as yeah. the different shades like you're it, walking across the bed? It was, it was uniform. It was uniform. Okay. Uniform there and small was, tile, small the pieces. Purpose, in it, case you wanted to take a shower on top of a car? I mean, why have a car covered in bathroom tile? I, I think um, you know, it's kind of like the whole reason behind this podcast. It's like, why wouldn't you do it? Really <laughs> is really the question you should be because asking yourself. Because it weighs four tons and you have to make special modifications. And it's not practical and it wastes everybody's time and it doesn't go anywhere. It's practical if you want to take a shower on top of it. <laughs> so the... They were small tiles, Brad. They were kind yeah, of they were relatively pieces. small. I like most things. I have pictures of it. I can uh, dredge. Can you? Oh, come I'll on, have to man. dredge one up eventually. I need rib face, and I need tile covered car. Gotcha. I owe you two picks. Two picks. What about um, on a serious note? <sighs> We have Brant again in this minute. Oh, wait. I wanted to ask you about something. Okay. I'm here, Camilo. All right. So. You just, I know you just stopped by and you did not announce yourself, but it's okay. I'm in the neighborhood, man. What's up with the hell? Are you upset? I mean, I came in to say hi to my friend and you're, you know. I love you. All right, then. I'm just. Chilling in the hood. You got questions. We got answers. Yeah, all right. So he's getting yanked into that limo. And have you noticed how he keeps the glass upright as he's thrown horizontally into the car? He manages to not spill the drink. Uh, so we're I, led to believe. I wonder if you think that that's possible. That he could have been hurled into the car and preserved the drink. So two things about that. Number one, no, I don't think it's possible. But All that's right. kind of what makes it funny, because it's like he doesn't give a shit about much, but he does give a shit about his Caucasians. Right. So it's like, of course Absolutely. he would get thrown into the limo and like not spill a drop, except right. for a little bit on his face there, but no big deal. So of course that. But now I'm going to go up to the bird's eye view again, and approach this from the uh, God perspective, you know, the pragmatic, like, what would happen in real life perspective. 
if you look at when he is, you know, jackhammered by the by meatloaf and thrown into the car, if you look at the level of his drink, it is pretty much full, like right. to the brim. Right. And then when you see him get thrown into the car, sure, you don't see it slosh around, but it is significantly emptier. So uh. you could make the case that maybe it did slosh out at some point. You do see... No, there's a lot of sloshing. There's a lot of sloshing. Well, there's oh, okay. a little on his face. Where's No, no, no. If if you watch the scene where he goes from limo A to limo B, even look at the ground, you can see the little puddles of white oh, Russian on the ground. Sure, sure. And I you can see, see right when he opens the door, it's kind of one place like a lot falls down while the dude's foot feet at that point. Like there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of white Russian falling out of that glass. Good bit of sloshing, but I think we're referring to because you can see after all the sloshing and just before, literally the moment before he gets shoved into the car, that drink is still pretty full. So I think it's really the moment, like disregard the um, the pre-throw sloshing. We're talking about, I think, Camilo, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're talking about the actual throw into the car. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and not... It's pretty... hard to say, though. No, I because think you guys... Because that glass, have... like, just like all the windshields and windows and all these limos, is very, it's very fogged and faded. Stained oh, no. by the white Russian. I can pretty much... I can pretty much see where it is. It's a lot less once he's inside that car. Anyway, my point is, you could say, yeah, it spilled, but just before, sometime between getting shoved into the car and when he hits the seat in a little, like, half second that we're not privileged to as the viewer. Uh, and the dude's protesta protestation, right? Careful, man, there's a beverage here. <laughs> right. Just to exactly. go back again, the one thing that's important to him is the drink. That's the one thing he really cares about in this whole movie. Well, I mean, how many times has he been punched in the face at this point? Yeah. Like, he doesn't care that he's being... Uh, kidnapped. Kidnapped. He's being <laughs> uh, railroaded, shanghaied here into this limo. flim flam, God knows what. boozled Railroaded. Bum-rushed. Bum-rushed. No. Meat packed. <laughs> I don't know about that. That may be a bridge too far. <laughs> Careful, there's a beverage here, man. Right. That is his first thing. See, now that was that was another moment where it was like, okay, that's funny. The first time I saw it, you know, it's like, all right, that's funny. I'll give it to him for that. See, I, yeah, and I'll just. But again, you don't like that. He's too James Bond for you, I know. No, okay. I wasn't going to go there, actually. That's not what I was thinking. But you're right. This does not bother me. I don't know why it doesn't bother me. This one-liner does not bother you. I don't think it's a one... I never perceived it as a one-liner. It's not like he's being a smart aleck. He's genuinely concerned about his beverage. Okay. Like, there's a difference somehow. Even no, though, I yes, there is a certain flippancy about being kidnapped... A certain type of, uh, you but know, fearlessness not... in the face of danger here that maybe isn't 
Well, no, he's... But that's the thing. No, you're right. See, I'm totally on board with you. There's not fearlessness. He's very fearful. He's fearful for his beverage. But he's also trying to invoke the the mutual respect that adults should have for alcohol that's and true. a beverage. Hey, man, come on, have some respect. There's right. a beverage here. You know, you understand. You're you're probably a drinking fellow yourself. I've got a beverage. Right. You see this here. What are you doing? Stop. Respect the institution. I will go with you, sir. I will come quietly. Just respect the beverage. The dude took this glass from Mods. Right. That's what I thought. Because I'm looking don't at it. Respect me. At least respect the beverage. Right. <laughs> he did. No, he did take this glass from Mods' place. He didn't Absolutely. make this in the limo. He took it from Mods. Remember, I talked. I because I had those glasses. That's the only reason I can say this. Because I just looked at the glass and I was like, oh, I had that. Wait a second. Of course I. Of course I'm saying that because we so already that, talked so, about that in Mods Place. So that's to say he's been really nursing this drink. He came all the way from Mods. Not that we necessarily know how far it is, but his drink, granted, it's somehow magically gone from kind of half empty to full again. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. the whole trick. It keeps magically refilling itself. And that's how <laughs> that's, it's, he's still nursing it. All the way from Maud's house, back to his bungalow. Yeah. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. There's a paper or something that was like, you know, yeah, the dude's a pot-smoking, booze-drinking, slacker, loser. But they mentioned that you never actually see him drunk. And the only time you see him totally fucked up is when he's at that party but he got drugged by right. Jackie Treehorn you know he's never like out of control he's he's an incredibly functional drunk he's very functional he's experienced he's he's been in the game for a long time he's respected the beverage and the weed and whatever else he could get his hands on <laughs> a guy sure. like that can't just catch a buzz first thing in the morning he's got to work on it so it's like a, uh, it's the, the slow burn. Yeah. What's no, the, the buzz of experience. The buzz of experience. I'm going to write that down, Camilo. Buzz of experience. The buzz of experience. How do you pronounce this word? Ready? E-X-P-E-R-I- M-E-N-T. Experiment. Say it again. Experiment. Brad? Experiment. Say it again. Experiment. <laughs> Wait, are, <laughs> are you... Are you saying dick-speriment? Is that what you're saying? Dick-speriment. <laughs> you're killing me, man. I might not have heard all the letters you said. I don't know. Are you fucking with me? You're fucking with us. E-X-P-E-R-I-M-E-N-T. No, that's experiment. Say it again. Experiment. Experiment. We'll cut all that out. Say it again. Experiment. 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 
close enough. Okay. Yes. Why are we talking about that? Because some people say experiment. I do. That's you were wrong, saying experiment. Right? Well, I don't know. I think that's correct. I don't know. I've never thought of it before. I think I've been living a lie. Stand I by. never noticed these things. People point them out to me a lot. Like, oh, you say it this way. Like, people say things all different ways. And it doesn't matter. It's all the same that's to right. me. I'm not even aware of it. I agree with that. It does not matter. I have to really, really concentrate to hear like, oh, he's saying experiment and I'm saying experiment. Like, I don't even notice it. Wait. Like egg. Egg and egg is the big one. Oh, yeah. Or what about pin pen? I don't even know that one, dude. Some people say, what's the thing you write with? A pen. What is it? A pen. Okay, Camilo. Pen. Yeah, pen. Some people say pin. Oh, that's just fucked up, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, weird. It's people say it. They don't even. They don't even know it. Experiment. Experiment. You know what? It is experiment. There's no experiment. I'm sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> Jesus. Help me, Lord. We're treated, though, to another wonderful Brant moment. I was trying to get to this before, but somebody derailed me. So at, um, it's a little bit into the minute, at 49.47, Brant has three beautiful glances directly over to the Big Lebowski. Forty-nine, forty-seven. her life was in your hands. Goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain, and he just keeps, like, just with his eyes. Just his eyes. They just go over, go over, go over. He's horrified right now. Actually, do, like, forty-nine, thirty-five. sorry. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. the di- I saw that, but boink, it was a different point. I was boink, like, oh, does he do it again? Yeah. Boink. No, yeah, his eyes. And again, only noticed that now watching this minute for this episode. Again, this, the. Well, because the titular Lebowski is like the one demanding all the attention because he's yelling and, you know. But boy, you look at Brant and you are treated too. Yeah, he almost like, he practically like jumps the first time. (laughs) <laughs> the the titular Lebowski raises his voice and Brant, his whole body actually kind of like jumps like he wasn't expecting it. It's like he got a small electric sh- sh- short sh- sharp shock. And then he keeps, yeah, he keeps glancing over, looking, looking at the dude. And he has this pained expression. <laughs> which sometimes I feel like the expression is almost like he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> But that's also so close to, like, he might almost burst into tears from fear. Like, it's not sure which one it is. And just, you know, huddle in the footwell, like, grasping at the Big Lebowski's ankles, just begging for him to love him. Just please, unconditionally love me, won't you? And the thought of the Big Lebowski not loving him and being disappointed... In him is too much for Brant to bear. It's what he lives for. He's like a dog. 
He's basically a dog. He just wants the affection of this this blathering bag of wind. <laughs> He's a great man. A great we? man. He says, we? And there is a shared horror there. You can see on Bran's face. Even he's horrified at the thought that there might be another person. Just real quick, right at the end, 49, 46. We! And while you're there, when you cut back to the dude, so he does have some drinkage spilled on his shirt and his face. But look at the back window of the limo. It's gauzy. You can't see out of it. And while we're on that topic, when we cut back to Brandt and the titular Lebowski, and you look out the front window of the car, which is not gauzy, you can see down the street. 5900 is not the best. Do it at like, well... Maybe forty nine, forty six. Yeah, like, but not, like yeah, you I... can see down the street. There's a couple of cars. You can see way off in the distance. There's some sun on a building way back there. A couple of telephone poles, but pretty far. You can see pretty far. Yes, pretty, pretty, pretty far. Pretty far. But I know where you're going with this. You know where I'm going with this. I see exactly where you're going because I just checked it. Yeah, that is not what was there in the exterior shot at all. Completely, are... there's like maybe a hundred feet of nothingness, and then an intersection. Right, exactly. And you can see because when they turn around to look at Defino's car, there's supposed to be this uh, warehouse building. There's basically a hundred feet of nothingness, and then a warehouse. Bam. But instead, when you look out the window. Of the yep. car, once we're inside there, it's like this beautiful palm tree line, sun-dappled expanse. Which is curious, because they went to the trouble to gauze out the rear window. But what, they figured they couldn't get away with that for the windshield? Probably not. I mean, you couldn't. I don't... Put the uh, divider up, then. You know, there's a divider there. Yeah. Interesting choice. Again, well, doesn't matter. Again, right? doesn't matter one bit. Not but one, are they one intending bit. to? Are they intending to disrupt continuity or to show that they don't care or to show that they it doesn't matter, or or was it an accident? I, did I they th- do that on purpose? I don't think they did it on purpose, but I think they knew it was happening. And they just knew it didn't matter. There's just no certain things that are above the line and certain things that are below the line. This was just below the line. Right. It's like well, if we worried about all those details, we'd never make a movie. Okay. Gotcha. Or right. they are subconsciously revealing the dude's totally messed out, drunken, drugged out state where the world just doesn't even make any sense anymore. It's totally disorienting. And, but, but however, it's so subtle 
that only your subconscious mind notices it. So I'm with you on that. I'll take it a little bit further and say that the first time you watch this, you think, you know, you have one interpretation of what's actually going on in this scene in particular when they're in this limo. But in reality, everything's turned around. Because you think the Big Lebowski's there, like, legitimately pissed at the dude because, in theory, the kidnappers have called him again and said, we didn't get the money. No such thing has happened. He's making this shit up. But you just think, like, you're in the dude's shoes, like, oh, man, he really screwed it all up. And now this guy knows. Now he's really in trouble. But he's making this up. Why do you, so, wait, wait, wait. So, We're getting yes. back to the whole problem that we don't actually understand what happens in this movie. He's making it up? Who, the titular Lebowski? Yeah. Of, he never gave him the money. There was no money to begin with. He kept it. You know? So he knows, for all he knows, the dude gave the real briefcase and not the ringer. For all he knows, he did exactly as he was supposed to, but it doesn't matter. Because he right. kept the money. There never was money, you know? So my point was, maybe we're seeing down the other end of the street. So they're deliberately, they've reversed the angle. You know what I'm saying there? They reversed it. I gotcha. I gotcha. What do you think? Too much? Am I, am I stretching it too Only much? a hair too much. Mm, a bridge too far? I will not abide another toe, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I'm writing that one down. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I'm right. pretty proud of myself for that. They're flipping the script, Bradley. They're flipping the script. That's what I'm going to say. Flipping the script. See you on the flippity flip. Um, so you're saying Lebowski, what's your theory there? Summarize. Summarize. Okay. The two shot of Brant and the Big Lebowski, when we look out the windshield, what I'm saying is we're seeing down the wrong end of the street. We should be seeing... The other end of the street. There's a building there. Oh, no, I know what you mean there. I thought you meant with the... Uh, so it's reversed. You know, it's the opposite of what should be. So our expectations have been flip-flopped there visually. And what I'm saying is what's actually happening between the characters is also flip-flopped. You know, it's like crisscross. Uh, yes. Strangers on a train. Yes. At least the first time you see it, you're like... You know, you think the dude is like, you know, basically he's the one pulling something over. But really, you come to find out they're both pulling something over on each other, I guess. Makes sense to me, man. Don't know what to tell you. So is he is he in on the kidnapping now? <sighs> <clears throat> is that the big question? I don't know. I don't think he is. I don't think. I don't think. Well, there is no kidnapping. But you're he, asking if he's in with the nihilists. 
Because I think he gets the toe, and it's like, yeah, they cut off. I don't think he's like, toe, huh. Or he's like, hey, cut off your toe so it's more convincing. Like, he wasn't in on that. I think the toe... Shook him a little bit? Rattled him? It may or may not have. It may have. But I just don't think he's into toe cutting. He's definitely not into toe cutting. But did he think it was Bunny's toe? He might have. I think he thinks she was kidnapped. And I think he thought that ransom note was real, which he didn't make. Oh, wait, but we said he made up the ransom note. We conjectured. So if we conjectured he made up the note, then what are the nihilists? They're working for him then. Well, right. This is, these are my concerns, dude. Oh, shit, man. This movie. I don't understand (laughs) it. No, I have no clue what's going on in this movie. But they were in his pool, right? Yeah, uh, you know, they were in the beaver film. No, but I mean, they were in the the swimming pool, too. I mean, they were in the big Lebowski's pool. So so that's why the nihilist knew that Bunny was out. Like, she went away. She went running off. It's like, oh, she's going to be gone for a weekend or something. Let's stage an elaborate kidnapping scheme. It doesn't make any sense. I can't even. I don't know. It all makes sense as we progress. I I doubt it, man. We still have. How's it gonna make uh, sense? Sixty-eight minutes left. Is the Big Lebowski in league with the nihilists? You don't know. I say yes. He's not going to be consorting with those types of... He needs them to be his henchmen. He can't do it. And they're the co- they provide the cover for the million dollars it's lost. That's... What about the fucking toe? <laughs> well, maybe he is a toe cutter. Well, if the cops well, no. came around, do you want... If the cops came around, which miraculously they never do in this movie... Uh, a toe would be pretty convincing evidence that this was legit and not, you know, a, a scam. But the nihilists think they they're get, owed money. Right, they would like, get a cut for being part of the scam. But they come up to the dude and are threatening him with a marmot. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, they eventually come and, you know, attack them repeatedly. The dude and his friends looking for this money. I get the, you know, you see them hanging out in the diner with the woman missing the toe. Because, like, okay, this is our chance for a million dollars. Like, what's a toe? Cut off your toe for a million dollars. But was it a million dollars? Would you cut off your toe for a million dollars? For one million dollars, would I cut off? The little toe, right? The little toe. I might, I might cut off my toe for a million dollars. I mean, it's just a toe. I know it's a What does it do dollars. to your balance? What does it do to your walking and running? It's not your big toe, you know? Right. I think a little toe is fairly expendable. I might. How would I have to do it? Hatchet? Would I miss? Is there a potential for missing? Or would somebody else cut it off? What if you could just have it surgically removed? Oh, no Anesthetic doubt. everything. I was... You don't have to gnaw it off with your own teeth. I was thinking you were going to do like a wedge, you know, and a hammer. 
<clears throat> put the, you know, the, not the wedge, the chisel, a chisel and a hammer. You put the chisel on it, and you go, pop. And I was like, hesitant. Surgically removed? Yeah. Fuck it. Who needs that toe? Take a million dollars. What about two, what about both little toes? Two million dollars or more than that? It might be exponential. It might be orders of magnitude per toe. Black market for little toes has always been very lucrative. They're nice because you can make little uh, wristlets out of right? them. Put them on necklaces. Well, I would say the market's been kind of flooded and the price has been driven down. <laughs> Since apparently the, the, of the big Lebowski. According to Walter, the cost of a toe is $300, right? Uh, that has plummeted. It's true. Wait, is it $300? Thought you used to be able to get a couple grand for a toe. Does he, he doesn't say $300, does he? He doesn't price it. Doesn't he say, give me $300, I'll have you a toe like a this afternoon with nail polish? <laughs> no, he says 3 o'clock. What time is it? By 3 o'clock, not $300. He doesn't put a price on it. He just says there are ways. There are ways. Yeah. We could, uh, where is that? Doesn't matter. Who cares? But yeah. The Big Lebowski takes this moment, and I might have to revise my stance. Now, this was a long time ago. This is like 40 episodes or 30 episodes ago, but when the dude goes to meet the titular Big Lebowski the first time, we talked about the titular Lebowski taking his opportunity to use the word fuck. Oh, oh, yes, fuck it, fuck it. Because he probably doesn't get too many chances to use that word. So it's like, the dude says it, so he's like, oh yeah, well if he gets to say it, I'm gonna say it. But it'll be like I'm mocking him or quoting him almost. Yes, fuck it. So he's taking that fuckertunity, if you will. He takes another fuckertunity in the limo here. Says fuck again. So maybe he actually does like to say fuck a lot. In the in the sense of nothing is fucked. Question mark. Nothing is fucked. Nothing is fucked. <laughs> the goddamn yeah. plane has crashed into the mountain. <laughs> but it, he is quoting the dude again. But like he's taking a little too much pleasure in it. I think he's a guy who says fuck. That's all I'm saying. He didn't but, say fuck in their first encounter in his office. He did. He, he did. did, but only after the dude says, "Ah, eh, fuck it," and then he's like, "Oh yes, fuck right. it." So he's quoting him again. Right. It's like he's just looking for any opportunity he can to say fuck. Just so it's it he's he's not saying it. There's little little quotation marks around it. So he's quoting. So it's like you're not actually saying it. Back when I didn't swear, that's what I used to do to get around it. If I was quoting somebody, then I could swear. You were swear sober for a while at some point? I was swear sober until I was... Six? Twenty-five. Wow. Twenty-five? No. Twenty-six and a half. Why? That's not true. It is true. It is true. 
Now, that by late? swear sober, yeah, by swear sober, I mean, I didn't say fuck, shit, damn, bitch, or bastard, or hell. What about cocksucker? I think I could say cocksucker. Oh, that was come all right. on. Yeah, no, that was cool. That was fine. And what about motherfucker? No, no, no nothing that involving real... fuck. Okay, so, no fucks, dams, hells, bitches, bastards, or what did I miss? Shits, no shits. Yeah, 26 and a half. But cocks were okay. Yeah, you could say cock. <laughs> what about the other C word? Which one? Corn dog? Yeah. Cornhole? What? <laughs> ca, ca, con, conundrum? Yes. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> It'll be a conundrum for me. If I said it two episodes ago. I sent con. I sent cud two days. Wait, what? Who, who did you send cud to? The, that lucky person. My mom. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Have some cud, Ma. I did send cud, though. Saw some cud at the store the other day. It's really gross. It's kind of green. Yeah. Nasty. What? No, I did say cunt two episodes ago, though. So, there is a precedent for it. I mean, you're not using it. You're just saying it. I'm quoting it, you know? I'm not swearing. There's quotation marks around it. Is it in the movie? No. Okay. Well, we, that's why we brought it up, because Maud likes to use all, like, tons of, you know, references to penises, and then she starts using references to vaginas. Right. But all she says is beaver. Meanwhile, when it comes to the penis, it's like a man of her to his dick, or his rod, or his Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. It's like she really, uh whips them all out, but she doesn't get quite as, what's that, what would that be, crass? She doesn't get quite as crass when it comes to the vagina. Some men don't even like the word. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, 26 and a half, though. Cocksucker was okay. Did, and then and, what, what ended it? Then you got married? Well, no, I was married for a little while, but then... Leslie was like, why don't you swear? You should swear. I was like, okay, fucking A, I swear now. God damn it. And I started swearing. You just gave that up all yeah, of a sudden? Yeah, boom. All right, shit, yeah, I'll start swearing. But you're it. in college yes. and you wouldn't swear. What, what? Didn't that make you stand out? Didn't people mock you? I don't know if I got mocked. Here's the guy that doesn't curse. I don't know if anybody noticed. Well, because I could say cocksucker. I never noticed. You never noticed, did you? I didn't. That's why I felt it was must be wrong. It is not wrong. Oh, Adam, here's George Carlin's seven dirty words. (laughs) I just didn't do it. I didn't drink for a while either there, Bradley. I don't know if you remember that either. I might remember. I remember you were pretty on the straight and narrow there at first. Yeah. At first. But, uh... That didn't last I felt that long. was very short-lived. <laughs> I never imagined you went all the way to 26 and a half with your swear sobriety. Yeah, I made it... I did good. I had a good run. Of not swearing. I don't know why you had the run in the first place. Well, neither do I. Well, it had to be, at some point, 
you know, a, a deeply held philosophy because you're in college and beyond. And how can you not say shit every once in a while? Or damn. I know. I know. I know. It's uh, crazy. You must have had some sort of real antipathy, some real uh, hostility towards swear words. It wasn't a hostility towards swear words. It was just an upbringing without them and where they were vilified to the nth degree. Huh. So, yeah, very strange. Very strange. I think I, I probably slipped a time or two. Like twice. I think Do you twice. apologize to God after you did that? Profusely. Okay, good. I was really very contrite. He understood. He got it. You know. Nobody's perfect. Did either of you listen to the audio? Just the audio. Close your eyes. No, can't say that I did. This is a doggy neighborhood. A very doggy neighborhood. There's they're dogs. all through there. It's like You're saying there's dogs in the background? Oh, dog riddled. It's like fucking doggiest neighborhood in LA. Was the movie actually shot in LA? Which would place it high on the running for doggiest worldwide. Um, I would imagine so. I'm almost positive. Yes, there is a map. I can send you this link, Camilo, to the, um, you know, locations for Big Lebowski. It was all around there. L.A., Hollywood. Wasn't Vancouver. Definitely not Vancouver. This is the early 90s, late 90s. They weren't quite... Vancouver wasn't the uh, hotbed of film activity that it is these days. I think the uh, in tax incentives weren't quite the same. Uh, what else we got here? What else we got? I got a nice dream. <laughs> it's not a nice dream. It's a terrible dream. Lay it on us, Adam. I have to be careful. I don't want to be too specific about it, but we'll call it a baby, um, about a year old. Sometimes babies turn blue, and sometimes it's because they're choking, and other times they just fucking turn blue, and they're okay. That happened to my daughter one time. We were driving on Route 80, actually, from State College, and she was in the back seat turning blue. Her face was just, tur like, purple. We, like, we had people following us. We were in a car. We slammed on the brake. Turned over. You know, freaking the fuck out. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe she was just holding her breath. And she wasn't very old. She was, like, she wasn't even a year old. She was 10 days, I think, or something. It's terrible. Horrifying. 10 days old? 10 days old, yes. <laughs> So, and you were in a road trip with a 10 day old baby, correct? Nice correct. family reunion, must have been fleeing the law. Well, as far as you know, I'll you, find I'm out. I'm sure you have ways. I'll find out if you were <laughs> there fleeing are the ways, law. aren't there, dude? So, that would have been 10 years ago. So, let's see, around 2000, yeah. mm -hmm. 2003. Yeah, make a note of it, All right. right? Jot it down here. Let me chew off the end of your pencil for you. There's no statute of limitations on child abuse, you know. 
So this baby, right now somehow it's blue. it's a newborn, and a year. It's just a huge newborn, I guess. It's yeah, just apparently. huge. It's gigantic. Right. It's like a forty pound newborn. It's crazy. Twenty pound, whatever. It uh, this 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 blue face, purple face business, I guess has stuck with me horribly. So, in the dream. There's the 35-pound newborn, and its face has not turned blue or purple. It's it's black, like it's choking, and its face turns black and starts peeling away, and it looks like a matted, rotting pile of leaves, like dark, like mulchy leaves starts peeling off and it's flaking off and pieces are falling down until it it's choking and choking trying to help until it vomits but when it vomits it vomits so hard that its skull and face peels off from the back of the skull forward revealing this like long beaked bird structure has replaced its skull, which is also black and peeling and rotting. And then it looks at me and goes, Burk. and then I woke up. There's my dream. Yay. It's a pretty cool dream. Yeah, not bad. Cool dream, not dude. Bad. Cool dream. <laughs> cool. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> wow. What an image. Nice. Poor Jules. Well, Tur- turned into a ghastly bird-like creature. From it hell. wasn't her. It wasn't her. Oh, it was not her. Oh, he didn't say that. No, it was Meredith's child. Oh, my niece. Very upsetting. Terrible. <sighs> well, <laughs> are we gonna vomit our faces off and? call this one done is there anything else i i don't know i think that was a perfect uh, way to end i think i i covered wait i have a note here baby ripping rot face yeah i think i got that one all right good i'll put that down here in the uh, show notes yep yep (laughs) that's the description of this episode (laughs) wow that image will definitely stay with anyone who heard it yeah thankfully Extremely few. Glad Shock. I stopped by tonight to, to hear about that image, Adam. <laughs> no worries, Camilo. You know what? I was just punishing you for walking into my house without knocking. It's kind of weird that you do that, and I don't really like it. Can you stop? Maybe. And wear some clothes next time. Jesus Christ, at least some fucking pants. You know? <sighs> God damn it, man. Why are you hating on me? Why are you hating on the nudeness? You know, you're jumping I mean, you on my nice couch. Physique. <laughs> I won't argue that part. But you got to be flaunting it all the time. That's the reason. That is really 90% of the problem is like, okay, we get it. You're humongous. <laughs> you know, put some fucking pants on next time. That's all I'm saying. All right. It's not like you're hanging out on the. It's your house. Boop deck or anything. Well. Thanks for having me, boys. I don't know what this was, but 
but uh I thought it rocked pretty hard. I thought we we hit some <laughs> major uh elements here of this minute of the Big Lebowski. We had the tape bumper, you know? We had some tape on a bumper. And uh we've not resolved whether or not Fuck, the Big Lebowski there's no is way we you can't know. You can't know. Even the Cohen brothers themselves don't know. Oh, I think they know. I don't think. I don't think. We'll have to uh, revisit. Good night, my friends. Always a pleasure. Always, uh, always. Camilo, it's it's been it's been fine, but I'm leaving. Thanks for stopping by, Camilo. Even though I've had to avert my eyes most of the time. <laughs> don't want naked I've... people around. I get it. I'm out. Brad, I'm sorry. I don't Naked know. Naked haters. Oh, he's still here. Okay. I'm out. All right. You said you were out. Bye. Bye. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's here, and I'm sorry about that. Camilo. I think he's still there. I was just joking, man. All right, Brad, let's kill this. Let's I do it. Poop deck. Poop deck. <laughs> Next time on. Gutterball. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. <laughs> <laughs>